0: Welcome back. Welcome into another episode of Chasing 1969, a New York Jets podcast. Today is Thursday, October 12th, sandwiched right in between the Jets' victory over the Broncos 31-21 and an upcoming bout with the Philadelphia Eagles undefeated, one of the final two undefeateds left in the league. Going to talk about some news and notes uh, throughout the week, some injuries, some trade news or trade rumors, I believe is the proper way to say that. Before we get to all that, make sure to follow us on all of our socials at NYJ underscore Chasing69. Theodore is at Teddy Huncho. I am at Spring Blake with four A's in there. Teddy, how you doing?
1: Doing well, man. Chilling. Good. Chilling. <laughs> what are you looking at me
0: like that <laughs> no, for? No, I, <laughs> I just had a very... I feel like usually I'll be like, Teddy, it's the middle of the week. How you doing? i just get you <laughs> with the... What the fuck is up, dude?
1: Nothing, dude. Dude, I'm I'm hanging out, living life. It's great coming off of a, of a win, you know, Victory Monday. I got to experience that. I feel like it was... We talked about it on Sunday a little, but it was like the first real time we could kind of be happy as Jets fans, you know, after a game because our first win was so traumatizing with the Rogers stuff. Um, but yeah, man, doing good. Some tough news that that we got yeah. that we'll get into here, which sucks. But <laughs> as you um, say,
0: great, great transition because it was a right. great victory Monday. But oh, Elijah Verrital is out for the season with a torn Achilles. Um, which you know, you were hopeful at one point they were like, "Ah, oh, it could be a calf, but wait for the MRIs. And then, nope, he's done out for the season. I was surprised because I, I remember seeing him walk off the field. Like, I remember him walking to the locker room in the Denver game, and I was like, "Ah, oh, maybe he's fine. But, nope, out for the season now, two years in a row, season-ending injuries in Denver, which is just going to be a haunted place for him for the rest of his career. Sit him out every time that the, the boys head to uh, head to Denver. But really unfortunate one Given the fact that this offensive line really started taking its form uh, the last couple of weeks, uh, you know, shuffling Makai to left tackle, bringing ABT out to right, putting in Titman at guard, almost everybody you know saw a boost in performance. Um, you know, based off these recent switches, ABT was the the most talented offensive lineman out there. Um, now done for the season, we can talk about options, whether it be on the team outside of the team. But first your reaction to the very disappointing news that he will not be here for the rest of the year.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it really is just like a real big bummer. <laughs> I think that's just the <laughs> best way to put it. Um, Especially like for him, you know, like it, you feel for the guy who, who has to miss out on like basically his whole season, two years in a row, you know, like that is just so brutal. I can't even imagine like all that work he did to come back and then to you know, five, six or five games in, you know, you're done for the year again and you got to go through everything again. Like you really do just feel for him. So that sucks. And you feel for us too, right? Because it sucks for us. And and you look at what happened last year and (laughs) losing Brees and um, AVT in the Broncos game was kind of like the end of of the run, you know. Like the Jets were we seven and or no, we were five and two,
0: five and two. Um, that and game. then
1: you know we won two games the rest of the year. Um. So yeah, this sucks. Obviously, you hope that the the offensive line can s- stay together and like be okay, but this is your best player on the line. You know, like this guy is easily just been so solid every time he's been out there and, and the way he was able to transition from guard to tackle so smoothly and almost looks yeah. like he improved, you know, Insane. Um, we really, the the line play has been so huge the past two weeks, you know, like mixed with obviously the quarterback getting the ball out of his hands quicker, but like you look at everything and, and this line has taken a massive step forward. So to lose the guy who's basically the anchor, you know, definitely really tough. So we'll see kind of how the Jets line is able to hold together without him.
0: Yeah, to, to be an all pro guard um, and then come back from a season ending injury, still be playing at an all pro level at guard and then, oh, we're kicking you out to tackle. And like you said, was better at tackle. I mean, that's that's just a, a piece you can't replace. And, you know, I feel when I you know think about these last years, like I feel for Sala so much in this. Like, yeah, dude, he has got a damn good team to like coach up the last two years and last year the injuries kind of derailed things and and the quarterback play did as well too so you fix the quarterback play the guys get healthy this is the year quarterbacks out in four snaps and now you're still losing key guys throughout there i mean even last week you know not season ending injuries but not having you know dj reed out there um or just you know a couple of guys that have not been able to figure it out um i just i feel like he's got to sit there and just be like what the fuck did i do to deserve this like how many things like we're rebounding every single time like even last year the resiliency with you know mike white coming out and the offense really rallying behind him and you know stringing together i know it's only two more wins but two more wins after you know the team really fell apart um and then this year you know starting to rally the last two weeks around Zach Wilson. You're like, holy fuck, are, are the jets going to be able to get this done? And I'm not to say that the season's over now that ABT is out. Um, but it's just one of those where you're like, man, this guy can't catch a fucking break trying to lead this team.
1: Yeah, no, 100%. And like injuries definitely happen all around the league. Sure. You know, but to, to, to like have Makai Beckton right. Be drafted and get injured in his, whatever it was, sixth game. And then come back his second year, get injured, you know, and then for that to overlap with AVT's career, which is which starts with, you know, uh, uh, whatever I forgot what his injury was last year, but a season ending injury and then another okay. one, um, in his what is this, his second or third year? It's just
0: he tore his city, for the right? guy last for year? sure. I don't titty? know, honestly. I can't remember Pecker Packer elbow um, tore something. I don't know. Doesn't matter. I just wanted to We say probably titty. talked about it last year. I, I wanted to <laughs> say titty on the pod. Go check
1: out the Broncos pod. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, Hey, you got it. <laughs> just in. thought it'd
0: be nice to say, titty. <laughs> got it in the titty.
1: Um. But yeah, I mean, I think, I think we will, you know, like the line in general is in a little bit of a better place than it was last year when he got injured with AVT or excuse me, with Makai Becton being healthy, you know, and potentially Dwayne Brown will come back. We'll see what happens. But I do think like, this upcoming week, if you see the line just kind of like completely crumble and get destroyed, you know, and the Eagles obviously have a good defensive line, but if they just truly dominate the game, you do kind of start to worry about how this offensive line is going to perform throughout the season. But if they're able to kind of hold your own, you're like, all right, well, maybe we can hold water a little bit and they'll fight back and, you know, mm-hmm. do what they got to do.
0: And talking about fighting back, Makai Beckton, who left the game last week a couple of times, you know, uh, Robert Sella was, you know, had given nothing but praise. Full quote, credit to credit to him, man. He's toughing it out because I know that knee as games were on, it hurts. It hurts. And he's such a big man, too. So it's a lot of human on that leg. He's fighting, but he's fine. We're managing it. We're doing our best to help him get through the week. But uh, credit to him that he's grinding through it and finding ways to finish. Who would have thought, man? This I know. Such a positive end to it. The I,
1: but the way that they talk about Makai Beckton's knee really like it, it, it's just this talk of like it just kind of is what it is you know like it's gonna hurt like what does that mean like what you know what i mean like it, it just doesn't seem to bode well for for makai but but yes his toughness his resilience was definitely awesome and but like to see him go down and you're just like well what the fuck like are you just gonna i don't know it's stressful
0: It is stressful, especially we'll preview the Eagles game coming up at the end, but being down ABT and then also having hopefully not a hobbled, but potentially hobbled Mackay Becton against that Eagles defensive line that I'd put up with the Jets is two of the most ferocious in football. Obviously, there's a couple others up there, but the Eagles are big and they're scary on defense. So, um, you know, interesting to see moving forward. Now, Theodore, we have to throw somebody else at right tackle. We can't just play four offensive linemen next week. Uh, the big name, and I tweeted this out that same day. I was like, who's got Lyle Collins' phone number? And, of course, he comes in for a workout, I believe, yesterday at the time they were recording this podcast. A um, little bit of competition there. He's also working out with the New York Giants who need offensive line help. So he didn't have to leave the stadium to, to finish those two up in, in the same day. So he's the big name that I was calling for in the offseason. You know, he, he seems to be a guy that hasn't panned out. Since leaving Cincinnati, he went to Dallas, and Dallas got rid of him for some other younger, cheaper options. But he's been at times a talented offensive lineman. Um, there's a lot of free agents that at this point in the year are waiting for the right opportunity to come in. He probably wasn't going to sign to a place that wanted him to be a bench piece. He probably wants starter money if he's going to be out there to compete. So, you know, he's he's taken workouts this week with the Giants and Jets, and then other, you know, other things you're looking at guys on that depth chart and it's max mitchell um you know who i see your note here look decent against the broncos i saw on twitter look decent against the broncos i i get i get it uh the broncos really don't have much oh yeah defense to like I, make me I don't excited disagree. about the play um but you've also got billy turner who popped in there when Mackay uh went down um in, in spurts as well too last week so you know, you got guys there too. The other one, you know, rookie Carter Warren, um, he, Salah, it didn't seem to have yeah. any confidence that he was ready. <laughs> if you want to talk more was, on that.
1: <laughs> yeah, this was, this was just funny. I mean, you, you watch the press conference and, and, you know, they're asking about kind of who's going to replace AVT. Um, and Salah mentioned all of these guys, you know, he mentioned back Max Mitchell, he mentioned Billy Turner, and they're asking about Carter Warren, you know, um and stala like immediately is just like yeah you know he didn't really have otas missed some time in training camp like he's like i don't want to say that he needs to start improving quicker but we need to get him to go faster or like something like that where he basically just said it um so it's pretty clear like he doesn't think this guy's really ready to go um so if he does have to end up going out there um you know probably wouldn't look the best, but I do think Max Mitchell is, you know, like he came out and played last year. He He's done this before. I, I think that makes the most sense sense unless Billy Turner can beat him out. But yeah, it seems I like,
0: that seems like Max will be the guy and, and even more so to talk about the way that Sala promotes from within and not bringing in you know outside names and making them immediate starters or even free agents and a couple guys we're going to talk about later in this pod you know carl lawson versus bryce huff getting snaps yeah. or uh me versus um xavier gibson like max mitchell drafted he really gutted some stuff out last year played through injuries for a few weeks as well too so it does seem like at least in the short term that he's going to be the option um you know when Sala was asked about lyle collins his quote was pretty simple. Every week we have an offensive line workout. It's standard procedure. As far as where it stands, that's a Joe Douglas question. So, yeah. you know, he's he's focused on the guys that are currently members of the Jets, which is the right way to go about it. But um, I'm going to say it again. The Eagles defensive line is scary. So this could be one of those weeks where we, we leave Sunday being like, hey, Lyle, what are you doing?
1: Yeah. Potentially, though, could my my thing with Lyle Collins is like how um I'm intrigued to kind of see how the Jets handle these injuries and things like that, because it's interesting to see kind of like what they view of this year, you know, and like, are they going to be willing to pay up a little bit for Lyle Collins, you know, like wherever their cap stands right now and and are they going to like deal capital for guys or we're like whatever you know like just in general I'm, I'm intrigued to see what their approach will be um so i do worry a little bit about that with lyle collins like how bad are they going to want to pay him like will he just take a better offer somewhere else um but i definitely think he would be an improvement hopefully you know you hope that he can kind of keep the level of play up where he's been but
0: yeah uh, only other thing that you could mention is after the bye week the jets do get dwayne brown back potentially if he's healthy and ready to go
1: yeah Um, i think that
0: has a factor too and and he was isalo was asked about dwayne brown actually potentially playing right tackle um because i think you could say that even outside of Mackay being a talented left tackle he's also improved the play of lake and tomlinson which you know Mm -hmm. having the right guys alongside you plays a huge role into you know putting the best five out there. It's how do they all work next to one another? Um, and, and we'll, and Salah's quotes, we'll talk about that once we cross that bridge. So, you know, at least yeah. for this week, you know, at least heading into the bye, like there's going to be those shots that, you know, maybe Dwayne Brown comes back. I don't know if Salah's pulling McKay off left tackle, man. I, I just, I don't think that would be, I, yeah. that's going to be that's I mean, something really... they're not worried about now, but like in a few weeks, that's going to be a conversation that they need to have.
1: Yeah, and you could potentially like attribute it to the to the opponents we played or whatever, but the Chiefs have a good defensive line. Um, but like the when they made that shuffle, you know, to put McKay at left, to put AVT at right, like Dwayne Brown obviously is dealing with he's dealing with like the play of the offensive line improved so much just from that. And so it, it is really interesting to just see like how willing you know because last year with with dwayne brown it really did seem like well we're not going to make the 38 year old you know 20 year vet in the league play he a new position
0: never played right tackle right just yeah slide it's over
1: like there. right but yeah here it'll we be are interesting. now we'll see how
0: we'll see how Sala, um handles it i think we both agree that the short term will be max mitchell is there any yep. projection for the long term do you think that it is a a Lyle Collins do you think we need to at least wait and see max out there for one game before deciding Or do you think it ends up being just Dwayne Brown and Makai at the tackle positions whenever he's ready to come back
1: yeah I, I m- most likely I think that there probably won't be an addition um I think the most likely scenario is that we roll with the guys that we roll with and just like kind of see what happens I definitely think that when Dwayne Brown's healthy they're going to put him back like they're going to give him that nod and put him in the lineup. They're not, they most likely won't keep Mitchell in over him. Um, But will that prove to be successful and will Dwayne Brown prove that he's still got it like he did last year? Like, we'll see, you know, like I'm not, I'm in no way thinking, assuming that Dwayne Brown's going to give us what he did last year. Um, So yeah, wait and see, but this is a tough Robert Sala quoted it as a baptism by fire. Um for Mm -hmm. Carter Warren. And I think that's a perfect way that you can kind of describe whoever goes in for um at right tackle against this Eagles team, you know. Jeez.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So it's funny because now with the Dwayne Brown stuff, you're talking about another older guy that, you know, might (laughs) His role is changing as well, too. And that's a really shitty transition to move and talk on this. But we've got some snap counts that we obviously, you know, noticed in the Denver game that there was a significant change in a few positions, um, you know, or at least the continuation of snap counts that we saw from the Kansas City game. Yeah. Um, Go ahead.
1: Like the guys that we talked about going into the game, basically, right? The the tight end room, the wide receiver room with Meikle and Gibson, um, Bryce Huff versus Lawson at the edge room all those things we kind of talked about last week and we you know Blake I think was very solid on the yeah it seems like this is the way the team was going and to me I was kind of like I wouldn't be surprised if these veterans if they kind of forced them in but then what do you know what happens before the game you know they announced it pretty close to uh I think it was Sunday morning that Miko was inactive and uh Carl Lawson was inactive you know which I think surprising yes but also when you look at kind of what was happening with their snap counts and their play I don't think very
0: surprising right which one would you want to start with which one's more exciting to you
1: um well I think that I don't know they're both pretty surprising I think that with what's happened this year Lawson I was definitely expecting less like that one took me more by surprise
0: let's start there um
1: yeah yeah Interesting situation, you know, we bring in Carl Lawson, what, three years ago at this point, gets injured for a season, um, plays okay last year, and this year really just hasn't looked the part at all, Um, and then, you know, to just be kind of like, hey, you're out this week, I mean, I was definitely surprised.
0: Yeah, you know, Salah when talking about it um the big quote was from a defensive line standpoint someone has to be down Um, especially when you're missing a couple of corners you need special team help with Eccles being out and you can't dress d lineman every week so somebody has to sit out and then he went on to paint a picture that it's very situational you know when dallas you know, in week two, Will McDonald was inactive. That was because Dallas has a very physical, big offensive line. They want to win through the run game. And Will is more of a a pass specialist. You know, he his, I guess, strengths weren't needed as much as Carl Lawson's strengths as being a bigger bodied guy. So that's why Lawson got the edge over there. Um, and then this past week, it really came down to, well, we know that Denver without Javante Williams um, and with, you know, Russell Wilson at quarterback, they were going to be a pass-happy Offense. So Carl Lawson sits down because he doesn't have as much of a his strengths wouldn't be utilized as well as Will McDonald's in that game. So it does seem like it's very situational. But situational or not, this is a guy that you paid big money for. The injury sucks, and he hasn't been the same since he came back from the injury. But now we're seeing this point where it's like, look, what is the future of Carl Lawson with this team?
1: Yeah, and I I, I do think when you kind of take a step back, like the fact that our you know a veteran signing from 3 years ago who never really established himself like the fact that that guy i i guess my point like what i'm trying to say here <laughs> is it's not surprising that we are shuffling people around right like will mm-hmm. mcdonald sat out a game alwood sat out a game um but the fact that Carl Lawson is kind of in this rotation of guys that were willing to just sit down, I think is a surprise and at least a disappointment, you know, but you do look at the emergence of Bryce Huff and you say, Hey, this is a guy who's playing like one of the best edge rushers in the league. When you look at some of the metrics and, and um, you know, just the play on the field, honestly. And you pair that with a Will McDonald and a Jermaine Johnson, who are fast guys who you've put a lot of draft capital in first round picks you need those guys to hit you know um so like is it the end of the world no surprising sure but it's like uh it's it's like the sunk cost fallacy you know it's like sure we paid for lawson but let's move on if he's not as good as these other guys and i think the real story is going to be you know next week is it okay we like lawson's skill set here let's bring down will mcdonald Or is it, hey, we think these other guys bring more juice? I mean, I think this was the defensive line's best game. I mean, sure, we were playing the Broncos. That helps. But it's just one of those things like when your guys are performing, it's hard to take them out. So, uh, you know, I will be very, very interested to see how they handle this this week. And if Lawson gets the nod or, you know, has two weeks in a row not suiting up.
0: Yeah, because the the thing is too is even situationally, it's not like Carl Lawson went into the Dallas game and was a difference maker. You know, they still they still marched up and down the field. You know, in the red yeah. zone, whatever you're stopping guys. But He's like, had like
1: a zero percent win rate. Like he exactly. hasn't like won a rep. Like
0: so, I personally believe Salah is going to bring out Lawson again this week. And there have been comments, even Albrecht. Um, it was either earlier this week or last week. So correct me for not having that down or, you know, um, not correct me, but apologies. But either way, what I'm trying to say is they've talked about, well, he's not all the way healthy yet. And, oh, we're going to, we're going to slow play him. Like maybe later in the season, like he's got better days ahead of him. And it's like, well, if he goes out there against new England, he's out there again, he still has zero impact. What is the value of keeping a Will McDonald right. unavailable? Cause maybe he just brings, even just a little bit in these passing situations. Maybe he's not there in the run situations, but if his impact can be, you know, used or utilized in these passing situations for Philadelphia, that is more valuable than Carl Lawson just being out there and being a nobody. So I I think they'll give him another shot this week, but it'll be really interesting to see following this game if he has another poor performance. Yeah. running, Running out of chances.
1: I do also think like, something that we have struggled with is kind of having that, you know, established edge um, and, you know, not allowing quarterbacks to get outside and run on us, you know, at least in first halves, we, we were able Dude. to kind of set that right um, last week, but <clears throat> like the thing that you've seen from a Jermaine Johnson or a Will McDonald that is so nice in those situations is the speed, right. It is is <clears throat> Jermaine Johnson's ability to catch up with the quarterback when he's scrambling or, you know, to beat him to the point so that you can make the tackle. Um So it does it to me, it's kind of like if Carl Lawson's not going to be getting pressures and also is just going to be slower on the edge than these other guys that we have, like I, I no part of me is like, like sad really that it's like somebody else instead of carl lawson you know it's like would i've loved carl lawson to do what bryce huff is doing like sure but bryce huff's doing it and our other edges are doing it like i if if he continues to not perform it's like okay stop suiting it you know yeah
0: yeah and that's and that's the part it's not like we are so deficient at edge right now the part that we are deficient at is like you said that elite like pass right, we have rush 10 good linemen like they're bryce.
1: all every it's a surprise whoever's sitting
0: and and the big quote that we'll get to the next one talking about the wide receiver room is is you know, we should be praising the story of Bryce Huff instead of diminishing, you know, or or being upset about the story over Carl Lawson. Right. But look, free agency's tough. You're usually not a free agent if you're, you know, at the you know, if you're gonna sign with that new team and really carry things on. I mean, I'm trying to think of guys that, you know hit free agent the open market they go sign a a nice deal somewhere it it doesn't happen that often usually if you're a good player your team keeps you especially with the franchise tag like the nfl especially like if you're a good player you're not leaving that organization for nothing so carl Lawson, especially
1: receivers like they're either getting traded or they're staying with their team like that is what happens
0: i do say that and at the same time we've talked this a couple of times like there was a chance that the uh, Jets could have signed and his name is escaping me. He's now on the Bengals went from the saints. He was the big other name in free agency with right. Carl Lawson. No, we talked yes, about Trey him a Henderson. bunch, Trey Hendrickson. So there are situations where that but, can happen, but this is a,
1: that's a solid scenario of like, yeah, we wanted that guy, but he chose a different team over us. You yeah. know, like it's not like we chose that's Lawson. Fair. Like we got the second best player. And yeah. It's just funny to look back on it. Cause like, Jets fans, you know, are obviously optimistic and are like, we win. And it's like, well, we actually didn't because a missed a year and then has been average or worse. Yeah, Ben Um, Hendrickson's been good. Um, Let's talk about Xavier Gibson.
0: Yeah, let's let's get what do you you want to talk about? (laughs) Okay, so this one is the this one is to me. Slightly more intriguing just for this one reason, because with the Carl Lawson inactive, you can say, well, we have Bryce Huff who's out there for a you know, career high, 47% of snaps or a season high. We're talking Mecole Hardman who was signed this past offseason season on a one year, $4 million deal. And the quote from Sala to have me pull it up. People are missing out on the Xavier Gibson angle to the Hardman storyline saying that the rookie is pretty darn special with the ball in his hands. Theodore Gibson isn't getting that many snaps.
1: True. True.
0: <laughs> so like, what's he saying? Here? What are we doing? No,
1: for sure. I mean, but you look at Gibson and you look at, you know, he has been the, um, he's been the punt returner, kick returner, which is obviously right. such an important, you know, like Michael Hardman has had that role. So Xavier Gibson kind of winning out there. Is but, but uh, you know, when we're talking about Miko Hardman, yes, it is definitely surprising, I think, because you say you paid this guy, you know, it's not like you signed him to a veteran veteran minimum deal, you paid him, you know, a four million dollar contract, and all of a sudden it seems like you really didn't end up having a plan for him, or he just wasn't good enough, you know, um, to get on that field and beat out other guys. Um, so from that perspective, yes, I do agree. This one was it has been surprising when you look at what's happened over the course of the season. Um, but yeah, I do kind of agree with Robert Sala. Like when they signed Xavier Gibson the day after the draft, you know, most likely they're not saying like, Oh, yeah, we think this guy's gonna come in and be able to be a starting, you know, player who's always on the field on special teams and you know, get some reps at receiver they probably thought that they were going to get a guy who is most likely going to be cut, you know, and then Aaron Rodgers wants to bring in Randall Cobb and he has earned that role over Michael Hardman. Um, so definitely, definitely a weird situation. I think when you look at kind of what happens, it's like, okay, surprisingly Hardman was the odd man out other than Gibson and Cobb. Um, but again, I do think it's kind of like not necessarily a bad thing. If Gibson can be an undrafted free agent hit,
0: yeah, that's it. It is a good story for him, and and really the answer that I just wanted Salah to say is like, look, he's the team's punt returner. Like he's just more valuable overall than Miko at this point. Yeah. Um, but going back to what I was saying when you 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 signed Lawson in free agency, I think of it as Miko Hardman was drafted by the Chiefs. He was there for three or four years, however long his rookie deal was, and the Chiefs don't have a talented wide receiver room. Yet they still said, "Nah, four million for Miko. That's a little bit too much for us." So you right. know, the Chiefs made the decision to move on from this guy, while also knowing they are not special at at the wide receiver position. So there is a point to this, where Miko just isn't that that good. good. Exactly. Yeah. So you know, I get it from the perspective of one: it's not like we have an elite passing game. And it's not like he is going to be like this, like sneaky wide receiver three that really makes the difference for this wide receiver room. You know, it's 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 not a prolific passing game. It's more of a balance or you'd want to win through Brees Hall in the run game and kind of have a good enough passing offense. So Miko isn't going to be a guy that is really, you know, oh my God, we 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 left Nicole Hartman uncovered. Oh, fuck, there's a 70 yard bomb. That's not part of this offense right now. Um, and then also of the fact that, you know, look, Miko. Like it just, it. if you don't, if you can't work out, if your one skill is speed to me, like that's your, that's your talent and the chief ship out Tyree kill and you're the fast guy on the team and you're like right. the wide receiver five for them or four for them last year. Like I, I just don't think he has it. Um, You know, the yeah. big thing from me, Cole, because he was asked about it today during, um, you know, interviews, he said he wants to play, um, whether it's for the jets or someone else. Um, he did not say that he has requested a trade, um, but when he was asked if he'd welcome it, he said he would, if it works for both sides. So that's kind of where things are at. It was also brought out that the jets are potentially exploring trade options for me, Cole. So this could be one of those situations where, you know, in a week or two, he's, he's playing for another team.
1: Yeah. And I, and you know, I think, number one, I want to give Mecole credit because I think he handled it really well today. Definitely. And, you know, isn't at all shitting on the Jets organization, you know, or kind of being angry at the coaches. He's kind of just saying, like, it is what it is, and we'll all either get a, a deal to go somewhere else or I'll stay here. Um, but, yeah, I, I do think it's one of those things where we were all hopeful for Mecole to come in and fill that third wide receiver role and be this kind of electric piece that – um, you know, provided a little flair to the offense, but, and it's like, with that said, if we didn't have Gibson and Cobb, I think he probably could do that. You know, he could go out and be our wide receiver three and get those reps, you know, but the fact that there's other guys in the room who clearly the coaching staff are just like, we think these guys are better. You know, it's the same thing that happened with Denzel Mims. It's like, fans wanted Denzel Mims so bad, so bad. And it's like, well, the coaches thought other players were better, you know, and, like the coaches would rather put Jeff Smith on the field than Denzel, you know, and, and it's kind of like.
0: To further echo that point, where is Denzel Mims right now?
1: Right. He's not yeah, on an active it's not roster. not like he's been this elite He's player, not on an yeah, active exactly.
0: roster. He's gone. He's vanished. So, he's so it's yeah, like the Jets think, were right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So I, I think it's not really something we can be up in arms about. It's definitely intriguing. Not what we expected. But with Gibson and Cobb doing what they're able to do, you know, contribute as wide receiver threes, you know, I'm kind of fine with that. Um, and I, I, I think the best option for both parties is definitely to get a deal done. I mean, why not sign them to a deal? Try to get something.
0: I we can talk both of these guys together now that we've already mentioned Lawson. But what are you, what are you getting for either of them? Randy Gregory is a talented edge rusher. He is like a he signed a five-year, seventy million dollar yeah. deal this past off season, and he got flipped for Definitely like a right sixth now. and seventh round pick. Are you there?
1: No. Yeah, we're good. We're good.
0: Okay. All right. Just making sure you you, you got me. Okay. A choppy, yeah. yeah. Sorry, yeah. everybody. No, you're all good. Just making sure. So what I said, Randy um, Gregory got traded for like a flip of a sixth and seventh round pick, and he is a talented team starting edge rusher. So then you're like, okay, Carl Lawson, who's been inactive, right. Michael Hartman's been at. What are you getting?
1: To be really realistic about this, right? And it's like you're not going to get a ton. But at the end of the day, if Carl Lawson is just going to be inactive every week, and Michael Hardman is just going to be inactive every week, it's like trade for a six-seven swap, you know? Or like, like do something, you know? Get some value. Obviously, if these guys are going to have a role and get in a little bit, you know, and maybe play, it's like keep them, whatever. But if you're just going to continuously zero snaps, zero snaps, inactive. You know, it's like make the thing. They're not going to be on the team next year, right? So try to get some value for them now.
0: Right. And that's the thing. Both of them are on expiring deals. So at the same time, yeah. you're like, we would this would be the time to make a move. I just don't know if there's a team out there that's saying
1: I need Mikol Hardman.
0: We'll give you a yeah, we'll give you a sixth or a seventh. I, I just I don't even know if that's out there. So maybe I mean, yeah. We
1: traded Denzel Mims for a six, seven swap. But
0: but what I'm coming down like I it's not like the Jets have three or four prolific wide receivers that are keeping Nicole Hardman out of the lineup. Like we have Randall Cobb that is starting right now. It's not like, it's not like sure. he is some like hidden gem on buried in a, a massively talented, you know, I do like think Bengals he is depth chart a good enough player wide. to
1: play though. He's not just like a throwaway, like. You know, like I I don't, you know, he he played for X amount of years on the Chiefs and was able to be productive. You know, whether that was an established wide receiver one, no, but he was able to be a productive NFL player. So I, I think there would be some type of market for him.
0: I think his trade would be much more likely than a Carl Lawson one because you also consider age and you consider, you know, yeah. right now, Mikos, even even if we were just joking about how his speed, you know, somehow didn't work with Patrick Mahomes, he still has a an elite trait to him where Carl Lawson, you could say character is probably his elite trait at this point of his career. So I think that that trade would be way more likely than me Hart heart uh, one versus a one. But I just said, I don't know yeah. if we're going to get anything that's super crazy. I'd agree with you. Anything else? Snap count wise, you know, Uzoma had a, a strong week against Denver. He out snapped Rucker. Um, He's grading, surprisingly enough, as the third best uh, run blocking tight end in football right now. Um, eighth best tight end grade wise overall. Um, So he's he's definitely the the grades, whatever you want to call it, like the number one tight end right now is Alec Ogletree for the Colts, who's like our tight end four. But he's been out on enough snaps and in those snaps, he's been great. So PFF grades take what you will but he's been grading well in run blocking which was not the case to start yeah. the season and um look if he can provide value that's to me fuck it why not we we need we need help on offense and we'll get it from wherever we can
1: yeah i i, I i've never thought that um Uzama was like a bad receiving option you know it was always kind of the blocking but if if we're able to have an offense you know that's able to pass the ball which we've been able to do the past two weeks um i think he's like fine so that was kind of the one these other two scenarios we had predicted or at least speculated that the new guys would kind of overcome the vets and that did happen and then this one you know uzama out snapped rucker maybe that one we will hold off a bit, but. rucker at least has been playing more and they're using him in the run game um rucker's not going to be a pass catching type of guy
0: no Um, they're going to get all three involved it seems so you know as long as they're all out there for the right reasons and rucker's out there for the run blocking you can get Uzoma out there for some targets um all's well that ends well so uh yeah let's go teddy let's go preview the eagles game um we've got A tough opponent. We were saying, I don't know if we said this beforehand or while we started at the beginning of the pod, but right now, if you would say across the NFL, who are the best teams in the league, San Francisco is probably number one. And at number two, you'd put Philadelphia. Now the difference, both are five and oh, you know, San Francisco is handling teams. They are just like 60 minutes, just pushing right through. Um, But Philadelphia teams have kind of kept themselves around it. They pull out at the end. Um, They have beaten good teams or good enough teams. I think the Rams are a good football team and they handled them pretty easily, uh, you know, outside of like some late, you know, they kind of pulled away in the second half, which seems to be the story of their season. But um, or I guess well, now I'm wrong. Cause in Washington and Philadelphia, they both came back late. So ignore me there. They're, what I'm trying to say is they're not dominating for 60 minutes. They're five and O, but they have some sort of flaws that keep other opponents in it. When you take a look at this Philadelphia game, what comes to your mind first and how scared are you?
1: Yeah. I mean, <laughs> this Eagle seems very, very good. Um, and, and I like the way you kind of set that up with them because, they have been this, this team that has for some reason, just like not fully clicked and people have, you know, fans and, and, you know, analysts have like negatives to point out about them. But with that said, they've won every game and outside of, you know, some moments in the commander's game and some other spots, like they've really been dominating, it seems, or at least controlling the game, the entire, um, their entire season basically, um, So definitely, definitely a really good team. The first thing I think of is their D-line, and I get scared about their D-line and our offensive line and how that matchup is going to go. I do want to say, you know, I got my Jets hat on right now. I got my Zach Wilson jersey on right now. Blake is the guy who's like, the Eagles are going to crush the Jets, whereas I, yes, the Eagles are very, very good. But I do think we could hang around. I really do. Like, I, I, you know, we were able to play up to the Bills. We were able to play up to the um, Chiefs. To the Chiefs. So I don't think it's just like a like throwaway, you know, like, oh, the Eagles are going to just completely run over us. I do think we can. But, you know, the Eagles are one of these great teams that kind of match up well against us where if they do end up blowing us out, it like won't be the most surprising thing in the world. You know what I mean?
0: Right. Well, you my biggest reason for believing that is when teams have wanted to on both sides of the ball bully the jets they've bullied the jets you know for the new england game it was more defensively versus offensively it's not like the the patriots were putting up points but dallas was kind of bullying the jets defense now the jets defense tightened up in the red zone and that's why we had a lot of field goals and the jets have throughout the season done a phenomenal job at tightening up in the red zone um defensively but Teams that play a more physical style have had better success against the Jets than the Chiefs, who, you know, have a powerful offensive line, but are, you know, it's Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. It's more of a passing type offense. The uh, Bills are definitely more of a passing offense, not really, you know, hard nose between in the trenches um and yeah Denver definitely isn't either so when I look at the type of opponent that has had an easier time with the Jets the Eagles fit more of that mantra than you know what we've had success against this year
1: yeah yeah I agree I mean our our defense this year has been very good it hasn't been airtight it hasn't been you know like elite elite it's been very good you know but Mm -hmm. and you do look at you know this Eagles run game the way their offensive line is able to, you know, get push off the ball and like Deandre Swift ha- averages like eight yards a carry before contact. That's an exaggeration, but it's something crazy like that. Um, and, and what I worry about really, you know, is, is the quarterback running. Like we have seen quarterbacks able to kind of scramble on us this year. Um, and Jalen hurts is obviously like the running quarterback in the league right now. Yeah. Um, with that said I do think it's an interesting kind of situation of like uh you know quarterbacks have been able to run on us when they're extending pass plays right do you think we will fare better against you know design design quarterback runs runs? Mm. potentially um but you know I am a little worried about Jalen Hurts running all over us
0: yeah, well cuz that's the thing is not only are there going to be designed runs but there also are going to be those extending ones where he's rolling right. out of pocket and then oh look there's 7 yards because you know we're in a, a soft coverage there in the deep end. So, you know, it it's it's one of those tough ones because defensively they have great wide receivers as well too. So you have to respect the back end. But if you respect AJ Brown and DeVonta Smith you're giving all this room for Jalen Hurts. And that's been on it. You know, it's obviously one of the biggest things that have made them so successful over the last, you know, right. Year and almost They're a half team. now, the thing is, you know, we're taking, I just taking a look at, at Jalen Hurts, the fewest rush attempts he's had in a game is nine, you know, and he did that twice. Everything has been 10 or above. So, you know, when we take a look at the numbers that quarterbacks have had, you know, we're sitting at six from Josh Allen, seven from Mahomes, seven from Russ. Like we're going to get our healthiest dose of quarterback rushes. And, you know, Josh is to me the one that is closest. You know, Russ and Mahomes are not necessarily it's not theirs were the ve- their
1: stats were very much like extending, extending. fast plays and and exactly. that being what the jets offense was kind of allowing at those times yeah um so yeah i'd be worried and, yeah, the, yeah be worried. And, 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 and i mean you you like keys to the game right you know like how do the jets win this game like it's it's a, a true battle in the trenches right like it is the offensive line and the defensive line. Um, because on both sides of the ball, the Eagles offensive line, or the Eagles line, defensively and offensively, is one of the top units in the league. Um probably the top. and that's kind of what they do. And we are going to have to match that if we want to have a chance, right? Like we need our d line that that we want to say we're one of the best d lines in the league. That's what Oldberg preaches. That's what that whole room is about. Like if we want to win this game, Quinn and Williams has to have one of his best games, you know, our edge rushers need to have some of their best games in this career because this Eagles offensive line is that legit. And then, you know, you look at the flip side of that and you know, their defensive line is so, so, so good. You like so unbelievably good with Jalen Carter, all these Georgia boys. Right. And our offensive line has been okay. We lost our best player, you know, basically. And so Zach Wilson, let's let's keep that time to throw down. You know, two point one two,
0: get that ball out quick because this D line's legit. I mean, if you're talking teams that go as deep as the Jets do in the edge room, I mean the the Eagles. You know. (laughs) Remember, we
1: did crazy.
0: It's remember we
1: did our. um, What do we call? We compared the roster, right? Yeah, yeah. And we and we. Comparators to AFC teams, right? And the Jets have been this team that had like we all had a lot of hype throughout the offseason. We look at the roster and we say, this is a very, very good roster. This is a good team. But when you did compare it to those like other great teams, it was like, okay, but maybe it's not the best roster in the league, right? Right. Like right. the Eagles are this perfect example of like that gapster. Yeah. You know, like, it's 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 the closest thing to the 49ers. You think about the Chiefs, right? The Chiefs don't have the strongest running back room. You don't have the strongest wide receiver room. You know, the Chiefs don't have the strongest defense, you know, but they have Patrick Mahomes. You look at, like, the Eagles, and it's like, they have it all. You know, front to back, every position group, they have stars. Um. So, yeah, if the Jets can go out and win this game, it is a ginormous statement because the eagles are that good and the
0: names are so funny you know <laughs> even on the third wave of their edges they've got Derek barnett who two years ago was like a full season starter 11 quarterback hits uh has had a six and a half sack season and he's third on like the right edge death yeah. chart like the name josh sweat fletcher cox jordan davis asan reddick nolan smith jalen carter brandon graham now we're on the now jordan on the davis
1: and jalen carter is the <laughs> most like, like the, the team fact team. that they got both of those players in back-to-back years that would like just fell to them in the draft is the most absurd thing that's ever happened. Like, it, and it, one of
0: them can't even start because there's oh, also Fletcher Cox, one of the brightest motherfuckers on the planet. It's, it's absurd. Yeah. God, man, it's so funny too but, to 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 look at these teams now and to think, you know, obviously Joe Douglas came from this organization and to look at the way he's built the Jets versus the Eagles here. And I mean, clearly when you have solid in there, that also fits perfectly for the defensive line. But I think, you know, you take a look at, you know, drafting Quinn and up pre- or no, was he pre-Quinnon? Was Quinn pre-Quinnon
1: was pre, pre- yes. Yeah. But he was like uh, the only one.
0: Or was it that one year where it was? Ugh, I'm, I'm going to break my brain, you know, because there was that draft where it was, joe douglas and adam Gase, did it line up in that one or was it the one before that right
1: my brain's breaking no but quinnon was drafted quinnon was drafted and then joe douglas took the job that summer that's right that's his
0: his whole signing yeah being a late process gm right fuck with me so much this is us
1: every time yeah
0: yeah yeah um So, yeah. So, I mean, the the thing is, they're elite on the outside. A.J. Brown and Devontae Smith is one of the better wide receiver receiver duos in the league. They've got an amazing dual threat quarterback. They've got one of the strongest offensive lines, one of the deepest defensive lines. Um, And then on the back end of their defense is where you could say is like their one weakness. And for the Jets, you're like, well, we're a team that would probably prefer to win through the trenches. But being down your best offensive lineman up against this defense we're yeah, have it, to throw it.
1: yeah you you nailed it that, this is exactly what i was gonna say right it's like the defense is gonna have to this jets defense is going to have to kind of like do what they can and you know we've seen them be able to to kind of limit some of these elite offenses in the league but at the same time it's like the eagles are going to get theirs right so it's going to be one of those games where you don't think the Eagles and the chiefs are similar and turn, you know, the Eagles, you think of ground and pound The chiefs, you think of throwing the ball all over the place, but that they- they're similar in the way where it's like, it-, it can easily turn into a track meet where you need to be able to put up points. And you look at this jets offense and you look at their strength and it's running the ball. And then you look at the Eagles defense, what's their strength stopping the run. And they're a little weaker, you know, in the past, I think they're uh they've given up the sixth most uh, passing yards this season. So that's where you really need to exploit this Eagles team. And that's why this game, you know, is such a, it's such like a litmus test for like how, <laughs> what offense really, because are you there with me?
0: I got you. No, I do. Okay. Could you hear me that whole time? I it broke out for a little bit. I don't know what the recording keeps. I don't know Sorry what the recording the keeps. Technical hopefully, it keeps enough. I think I think we should be fine. What were you saying? What were you saying about the uh, litmus test? Yeah, I mean,
1: this Eagles team is just so good that it. You know, if if our offense is able to, because you know, the key to this game, I, I I think we need to have a game plan with the offense, similar to the chiefs, you know, like obviously it would be great if we can hand the ball to Brees Hall, hand the ball to Brees Hall, get that going. But that's only going to happen if we prove to the Eagles early, like, Hey, we're willing to trust Zach Wilson and put the ball in his hands, you know? So it turns into this, like, are we going to be able to get Zach Wilson to get that Garrett Garrett Wilson connection going? Are we going to be able to get Lazard and Cobb and Gibson some opportunities? Like, to me, this game really is one – like, it, it, it's not the Broncos game where you can just say, hey, we're better, we have a better run offense than you, you have a run defense and kind of pressure on our quarterback. Like, we need a game plan that is, you know, hey, we're either going to win this game because Zach is slinging it or we're going to go out fighting. You know what I mean? Like, like, we can't just run the ball, run the ball, and then it's like, oh, shit, this Eagles defensive
0: line is really good. That, this worries me that like we could potentially leave this game mad at Hackett again. Cause like if, if we start, cause here's my thing is I think stylistically, if I'm also matching up what we've seen from the jets offense versus this kind of opponent, it was those games where we left being like, what the fuck is going on with the play calling? Why are we doing run, run, pass every single drive? S- stylistically, you would say that the defense lines up the same way, but we know the offense is going to put up points. So can the coaching staff, take it upon themselves to look at the success offensively the last two weeks and say, this is where we fucked up in the Dallas and new England game. We were way too just like, Oh, let's try to win 10 to seven. Let's, let's just keep it very plain on offense. They need to have learned from the Kansas city and Denver games and just say, we need to throw the ball on the first down. We need these right. design runs for Xavier Gibson. We need to get creative because then we'll find ourselves down 17-0, and then they can just sit back because they know we're going to pass. So that's where I think I'm nervous for this game because if the coaching mindset, if the game plan is still the structure of what they were against Dallas and New England because they're built the same kind of way, this could get ugly. But I'm just praying and hoping that they have a – fresh mindset and said hey look our offense has looked pretty good the last few weeks when we switched things up so let's continue that
1: yeah and i think it 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 it, you know it's kind of like you're like getting in your own way right because it i'm i'm forgetting who the coach was you know who said statistically statistically if you run the ball more you win more games right like that's what he said and it's like so well, dumb. yeah, if you're, when winning, you're winning, you get to run the ball more, right? <laughs> exactly. So it's one of those like causation correlation so type dumb. things. Um, so it's like if Hackett and Salah and, you know, Joe Douglas for all I know, but like if this coaching staff wants to have the identity of, hey, we're going to hold on to the ball. We're going to have long possessions. We maybe aren't going to score the most, but we're going to be able to score enough to win. If you want to do that, you need to be able to like get a lead you Take know, an early be lead. tied stay like hang around in the game like you can't just go run run pass oh, 03 and out like you can't go down 17-0 against the Chiefs and go down you know 10-3 against the Broncos and every week just be like all right now we can turn it on like if you want to be able to run the ball more pass early you know set that up so you can run things off of it as opposed to the opposite where you're running to set up the pass you know pass to set up the run and i think that's kind of where you have to flip the script right like we we've talked so much about this game and they're going to be able to run the ball they're going to be able you know can we can we take control of the game, right? Can we put the pressure on the Eagles so they have to throw and maybe we get some deflections and force some three and outs? Like can can we put the pressure on them where they have to stay in a too high shell and then we start gashing them with the run game? Like if we can kind of get ahead. Obviously, that's but if or even if you want to there, you're gonna have to open this offense up and have that Broncos Chiefs type game plan you know so yeah big test for how i'm gonna feel about hackett this week for me
0: yeah and what makes me nervous about it is just seeing how the the offense was run in the red zone last week like it it was that was frustrating and you can still see that those tendencies of just getting very plain and boring are there and uh man
1: yeah let me throw this at you um so when, when they talk to Salah about it yeah. and I do think I, I saw today, like the first time we went in the red zone, we actually passed, but then, you know, failed. And then the next couple of times is when we went run, run, pass. Um, like Robert Salah's kind of response to that was like, well, you know, we were completely gashing them in the run the whole way down. And then we'd get in the red zone and it's like, then we're getting two, three yards and, and compound that with mistakes. So it is kind of one of those situations where, it's, it, you know, we talked about it a little on Sunday and I think I was a little more harsh, but it's kind of like, you know, if it's working, keep calling it. But again, I think it's like the, you want to see the adjustment, right? Like you, if, you, if, if they come out and say, I want to run the ball and immediately we're just getting stuff for one yard gains, you want to see that adjustment of like, okay, let's get to early down passing sooner. You know,
0: you can't be predictable because right. when you're talent deficient at key positions, like, you know, right. Tackle, or quarterback, you know, you need to keep the defense on its toes. And you just – you're not going to be able to do that if you keep things bland. So, yeah, this is – I. the yeah. more and more we keep talking about this, I'm like, man, if if things go poorly, like, heck, it's going to hear it. Heck, it's going to hear yeah. it. I'm
1: just hoping that it's one of those games where, like, everyone's going to be so – like, the Eagles are just better and then the Jets kind of come out and, like, punch them in the mouth early and kind of shock people. Um, But, yeah, I I definitely – when you look at the range of outcomes of this game, the Jets having a tough one is is not unlikely.
0: I yeah.
1: Um, but hey, I'm about to pick them to win when we do uh, well, predictions. I was, was going to say, the <laughs> only
0: other thing, I, I believe we want to talk a little bit about, Zach. Um, I know you had a thought that you wanted oh, to share yeah. with us.
1: Well, yes. Thank you for bringing this up. I I guess I, I just, and you know, we got the bye week next week, right? So, so we can do something kind of like, overall then to kind of recap and reset expectations. Um, But I just think we've had such an interesting ride with Zach, right? Because we, we started and he really just looked terrible, like wasn't getting rid of the ball was getting sacked, you know, really didn't look like deficient throwing the ball, but just kind of was too indecisive and too scared to really make anything happen. Mm -hmm. Then you had the chiefs game, which was this, you know, outstanding performance. Um, where, yes, you didn't win the game, and yes, there were still mistakes, but when you just looked at his performance throwing the ball, we really did see things from him we hadn't seen before. We saw decisiveness. We saw him get the ball out of his hands quickly. We saw him be accurate, throw good back shoulder passes, you know, do the easy stuff. That was really, really exciting to see, right? Um, and then last week, I think, you know, he did find what not egregious mistakes not anything that was like, wow, you really just fucked us up there. But I also just think it was um, he didn't really do a ton to say, like, we're going to win because of me. Right. And whether that's because he didn't have to or didn't get the opportunity in the red zone or whatever. But, you know, you had the big game from Brees. You didn't really see any moments from Zach where like in the Chiefs game, it was like, we need you to go out and make plays. And he did that. It didn't really feel that way ever for me um in this in this um Broncos game so I guess I just want to get your opinion because to me it really is like I think it's important to just set ourselves in like what is Zach Wilson I think kind of what we saw in the Broncos game is the most likely scenario right where it's like he can play at a functioning level which is what we've wanted for a long time like he can be the guy who like is you know if the rest of the team is playing great and if the rest of the team is able to carry him there like he's going to be great but is Zach going to be able to kind of be that guy he seemed like he was in the Chiefs game every week I don't really think so
0: yeah it's it's all going to be opponent based like yeah personally the way that I view this matchup with the Eagles I think we're going to sit in the bye week next week and be like man Zach really came down to earth personally I, I don't want yeah. that to be the case, but I just think what this defense and, and how the Eagles are going to game plan for this. Like I, we give the chiefs credit. I do believe they have a top 10 defense um, and they're, they're very talented and have a lot of elite players, but I do think that this is a defense that is more reminiscent of the new England that we faced and the Dallas that we faced. So to me, it his performance goes hand in hand with the play calling. um, So, I'm either going to be very pleasantly surprised with both Hackett and Wilson, or I'm going to be very mad at them again. And this time I'll be more mad because it will be a regression from what we had seen the two weeks leading up to me. I'm still at a game by game basis with, with Zach Wilson, his performance the last two weeks have given me the idea that he can start for the next month and I'll be totally fine with it. But I also understand that I don't expect him to go in and beat the Eagles personally. So it to me. Go ahead.
1: I guess what I what I'm hoping to say here, I guess, in this conversation, which I think we, we are saying is is you know we don't need to like get mad when all of a sudden like Zach Wilson doesn't play really well. I guess because no. it's kind of like no. well he's really just not. What and have it's we like seen? If he goes over out and, and balls and against years. the Eagles. That will be another exciting step after two good games in a row. And that will be like, OK, let's kind of start to see. But, you know, we do. I, I, I guess I think that is like kind of where it's like, let's just set expectations so that it's not like, well, again, we were hoping Zach Wilson was going to. And it's kind of just like, listen, Zach Wilson is going to be a Taylor Heineke you type of guy where it's like sometimes he looks like, hey, this guy can play in the league. And sometimes yeah. it
0: probably doesn't,
1: you know, like yeah. that's kind of where we need to set expectations.
0: Yeah, I think Zach Wilson in this current situation is a team is a quarterback that can lead a team to a victory against bad teams. I think he's a team. He's a quarterback that can stay competitive at different parts of a game. First, good teams um, and against the great teams. I don't know if it fares that well, um, but I do believe that as important as the quarterback position is, there's so much that is dependent or you know, around him to make the quarterback successful. There are a handful of guys in this league that you can say, you know, system, skill players, I'm not worried about it because we have that dude. We have Patrick Mahomes. We have Josh Allen. Uh, Jalen, if we want to throw another guy out there. Like, there are a ton of guys out there that are just not scheme dependent, not skill player, roster dependent. And then there's a ton of great quarterbacks that are dependent. You know, a guy like Tua to me is very dependent on that Mike McDaniel scheme. And I'm not shitting on Tua here, but I think if you put Tua (laughs) in Los Angeles right now, you're not getting the same results with him and Kellen Mond. You're just not. You're not going to be getting that because the skill set doesn't match up where it's a guy. When I think of like the world beaters at quarterback, it's the six foot five, 250 can dance around, has a arm that can throw at 80 yards. Like to me, those are the guys I can trust that are scheme dependent. To me, Lamar Jackson is not a guy that is scheme dependent, like. Yeah. or not is not a guy that is scheme independent what am I trying to say here I'm like trying he, to say yeah like he, he can't be always in a certain kind of system right like certain quarterbacks need to be in a certain kind of system and those are great quarterbacks that still need to be in that system so to me when you are a below average talent like Zach Wilson is everything around you matters that much more so you know I keep coming back to it this year. I keep looking across the league and saying there are not a lot of great quarterbacks in the league right now. We thought we were entering this like golden era of quarterback play. There's not a lot of great quarterbacks. There are a handful, definitely, that are like above the rest. But you're talking, you know, you've got a Desmond Ritter out there in Atlanta that's not that great. You've got Ryan Tannehill. You've got, you know, Geno who is up and down. Like there are so many starting quarterbacks that you can win games with but you need everything around you to be the right way so Zach to me doesn't have the talent to then just be a guy that I can say can go out and win those games but if everything is right around him if the play calling is right around him you can stay competitive with Kansas City you could stay yeah. competitive with Philadelphia and I think we're need like to be right
1: We're like finding my point here where it's also kind of just like this that's a good thing for Zach Wilson right like if he if he is good enough to like, be the starting quarterback for the entire season and win us some games and potentially like keep us in the playoff conversation that is better than any of us expected him to be I guess like the, coming into this season
0: the reason that there is all of this animosity toward him is because he was drafted second overall that's and it and
1: also because he was really bad through, like he quite no, but, literally has never looked as good but as he had
0: compared <laughs> but, but then also compared to yes that too but also I'm just saying the the production that you got in comparison to where he was picked. Right. If he was yes, a fifth round pick, certainly. if he was Taylor Heineke and we got the flashes and we got the really bad shots, we'd say, hey, look, he was a fifth round yeah. pick. We did the best we could. But it's the fact that he was taken two overall, that they moved on from a former, former third overall pick for him in Sam Darnold. Like, situationally, I I get the hate because he was drafted to be the franchise quarterback for this team. And you could look at five quarterbacks taken in that draft – And one of them is a surefire thing. One of them. And one of them is, you know, a backup in Dallas. The other is running for his life in Chicago. And Mac Jones looks like the worst quarterback in football right now. Like Mac Jones, he, he needs to get some of the Zach Wilson hate because he's been horrendous. But uh, my expectations for Zach are, is if, if everything is right around him, you can be competitive and, I think that's the same as what it was last year. It's the same reason the Jets got off to five and two is because the defense was top three and they had a great running game. Yeah. And then when all that, when the run game and the offensive line fell apart, Zach Wilson fell apart and the play calling wasn't great. So he fell apart even more. So
1: true. I, I, I do think last year it was more, we were winning in spite of him. And, and he like, like he definitely has looked better these past two games. Right. Um, no,
0: that that's a good point.
1: And you know, all of this to say, it's just kind of like, I, I don't even know. But but, you know, hey, Zach, if you go out there and show us something again, maybe I'll continue to change my tune. And that would be really exciting for me. I'm just trying to really re- reverse jinx myself into Zach becoming, you know, a Super Bowl winning quarterback. You, you know what I really <laughs> wish is
0: I wish I wish that the Jets had the Patriots this weekend because I just want to see.
1: Oh, after my God, the I'm last to go losing to the Patriots. That's what I'm, I'm saying. So it's mad like, about the Patriots
0: it. right now are one of the worst teams in football and and and, to me, I still have this feeling that if Zach went into Foxborough, we'd lose again thirteen to seven. Like that's where I still am with Zach Wilson is like, for some reason, I just and, and everything was right this last these last few weeks. outside of the red Zone stuff that we talked about earlier, like play calling was pretty, pretty damn good. We got the right guys on the field. The defense did its part for most of the game. and they got the win. And they kept things close with the Chiefs. They lost by three points. So, I don't know. I'm still, I'm still not saying that he has earned anything past like the next month of football. You know, it's yeah, got, it's early, it's early. You got the Eagles, the bye week, and then you got Giants, Chargers, Raiders, Bills. If you can get out of that two and three, cool. If you can yeah, go three no, and two, yeah, I feel better. But it's, um, you know, my expectations how I he guess, actually plays. Yeah, I guess I am I am in a happier place because of the last two weeks than we probably have been in a while with Zach Wilson, probably ever. Um, Definitely. But it could just take one bad game for me to go right back to thinking the same thing I thought against Dallas or New England.
1: Yeah, yeah. I think that's why it's just scary like, that we're playing the Eagles. Well, that's week. what I'm saying.
0: Like those two last games, we could just look at <laughs> and be like, that was a really cool anomaly of his career. And then it just right. sets right back down into what we've always known about Zach Wilson. So he's earned the right for me to continue to be – disappointed in him or yeah exactly
1: true true. yeah okay that's fair hey maybe that's a good thing
0: that (laughs) would that would
1: imply expectations right
0: yeah yeah (laughs) teddy well give me a final score
1: (laughs) good question this is what's hard for me is like if i think the jets are going to win this game i think it has to be kind of one of those low scoring dog fights but it's just like how well, are we going to do it really keeping points off the board for the Eagles? Um, so I think I'm going to go. The Jets score 23 to 20, Jets two touchdowns, three field goals for the Jets, and we win the game. We hold on. Nice.
0: I'm gonna go. Twenty-four-seven, 24-10. twenty-four yeah. ten. I'll go twenty-four ten Eagles. Um, that's fair. I, twenty-four, not bad. They've scored in the thirties three times this year. Um, yeah, and like so that's them a little bit. Like twenty-four is not bad to hold the Eagles to.
1: That's one of those games. Like if the Jets score ten, I can imagine that that.
0: Yeah, maybe I should go. The a reaction
1: bigger. won't be no, but
0: twenty-four fourteen. Know,
1: they're a good team.
0: Twenty-four fourteen. give me that okay i do think that this is an under game i would take the under 40 i do think
1: so too i think that um, will bounce back after the jets hit the, an over a very important over for you last week
0: for everybody for, I, we got the whole yeah. group chat going scott had a lot on it i had so much on it did you put anything hopefully on the it?
1: listeners yeah you know i took you it, with it? You. okay good hopefully good. the listeners had it
0: <laughs> the fun one yeah <laughs> oh anything All else right, theodore brother
1: all good. Now, nah, let's just let's just try to win this game this weekend.
0: Yeah, yeah, stay competitive with the good teams. Honestly, if you gave me if you gave me that we lose 23-20 like the Jets did against the Chiefs, I'll take that. Yeah, I mean, I
1: I, I do I do think it that's one of yeah, that's a, like it obviously you want to win, but the Jets hanging around would show us something. But like with that said, like I, again, you know, like we we go into the Chiefs game and we're like, well, it's the Chiefs against the Jets who haven't done anything and we're able to kind of show up. Like I I I, you know,
0: play if you, the game for a reason if you can hang around with the two teams that were in the super bowl last year i'm going to be happy with that
1: because yeah
0: everything and, yeah, we've seen like, with zach wilson whatever the happens this week
1: that, there will yeah. be like reactions to it but if it goes poorly it's kind of just like you got to hold water you got to get through the bye and the schedule is going to open up you know yeah. and that's kind of like what you got to think look but playing the giants one...
0: playing the giants after the bye is going to feel amazing it's gonna feel yeah. great that's gonna be a, better gonna be win a that great game, game. We will. Yeah. All right. Well, thank all you guys right, for listening. Follow us on all our socials at NYJ underscore Chase69, Teddy at Teddy Huncho, I am at Spring Blake. We love you. We appreciate you. Enjoy the game, and we'll talk to you next week. Peace.